Hey guys since I am doing a story on strange encounters with bizarre metal men and robotic humanoids the robot voice is perfect. So I convinced the ghost to tell this story in robot voice as well. Okay robo ghost take it away. Hello truth seekers it's the ghost and surprise the image you are seeing is my real picture. Robocop is truly the greatest and my idol and hero. Okay fine it's Robocop and the ghost is working with Audrey and she let me tell this story. However I stand by the picture. Let's do this. Strange encounters with bizarre metal men and robotic humanoids. Suppose alien encounters really run the range of the weird. We have everything from the ubiquitous greys, to reptilians, Nordic humanoids, and many others. At times it seems that we have a menagerie of different alien species allegedly going about their business on our world, but some of these are even weirder than most. Here we will look at a selection of cases of what seem to be inscrutable and very alien robotic humanoids or metal men of some sort, and they are quite the rare and very bizarre type of alien encounter, indeed. On the evening of March 17, 1978, a man by the name of Ken Edwards was driving to his home in Warrington, England from his job as a service engineer. It was a long, lonely stretch of road, with few cars and nothing but the lane lines flickering by, but as he stared ahead with his mind off on other things, something very bizarre would bloom out from the night to change his life forever and go on to become one of the weirdest humanoid encounters there is. As he drove along the M62 motorway past the nuclear facility in the nearby district of Risley, he noticed some movement on a nearby embankment, and when he slowed down to get a better look, he could see that it was a massive humanoid figure, 7 or 8 feet in height, and that it was walking in a robotic, disjointed fashion. As it came ambling closer to his headlights, he could see that it was even more bizarre than he had thought, covered in what looked like silver skin, with a black, featureless mask of some kind, glowing eyes, and two small arms that jutted out directly from its chest. Edwards would claim that he had the strong sense that this was some sort of otherworldly robotic humanoid, and it would only get stranger from there. The humanoid was apparently not afraid of him or the bright headlights, indeed stepping over to the vehicle to loom there right on the road in front of him and stare with those inscrutable glowing eyes. Edwards was nearly mesmerized at this point, not knowing whether to sit there and stare right back or get out of there, and then some sort of beams of light pierced forth from the thing's eyes to hit him, paralyzing and disorienting him in the process. He tried to get his body to move, but could not even budge his finger, and he was now overcome with a profound sense of terror. He could only move his eyes, and upon feeling a tingling in his hands he looked down to see that they were red and raw, as if he had a bad sunburn. The entity transfixed him with those beams for some time before it suddenly turned away and lumbered off towards a security fence, giving Edwards back the control of his body. Edwards at this point tried to call for help on a transistor radio he kept in his car, but found that it was completely fried. He turned his attention back to the metallic creature and the weirdness would continue. The metal entity stood at the security fence for several moments, studying it, and then moved forward. Edwards was sure the hulking thing was about to smash physically through the fence with brute force, but it instead stepped through it, passing right through like a ghost. It then ambled off up a hill on the other side into the night. Edwards sat there for some time trying to process what he had just seen, and then took off in his car, 
arriving at home to find that he had one hour of missing time that he could not account for. Oddly, his watch had also stopped at roughly the time he had met the strange entity. His wife woke up and saw him standing there, trembling and obviously frightened, and when she asked him what had happened, he told her about the silver man he had seen. They ended up deciding that he should contact the authorities about what had happened, driving to the nearest police station to spin the whole yarn to the visibly skeptical officers. At first, they dismissed it entirely, but Edward seemed so sincere and so genuinely scared that they decided to check it out just in case there really was some trespasser at the nuclear facility, alien or not. A search of the area where the metallic being had appeared would turn up nothing, and Edwards went home with his mind still reeling from the whole otherworldly incident. Unfortunately for him, the ordeal was far from over. Over the following days Edwards would develop some black marks on his hands where the burns had been, as well as nausea and headaches. In the meantime, the site would be combed by police and security forces at the facility, and they would turn up a not oval-shaped patch of dead, flattened grass as well as a dead rabbit just lying there pristinely upon the ground with no discernible physical injuries. It was unknown if either of these things had anything to do with the humanoid that Edwards had seen, but it was all undeniably eerie and creepy. The police would end up just sort of shrugging their shoulders and moving on, but for Edwards it wasn't over yet. On March 23, 1978, Edwards went back to the location of his strange encounter along with an independent UFO researcher. And while they were there Edwards was immediately uncomfortable and gripped by a sense of panic. He managed to keep his composure and go out to investigate, and that was when he allegedly saw the same entity standing off on a nearby hill. It seemed to be staring right at him, and then it simply vanished into thin air. Not long after this, on April 2, 1978, Edwards and his wife were driving through the area when he was again hit with an inexplicable sense of panic and fear. He felt compelling to bring the vehicle to a stop, and as he walked outside, he was hit with a wave of terror that sent him scrambling back into the cart to speed off. The final incident would be when he was woken by a deep hum on April 12, after which he searched for its source even as it gained in intensity, but he could find nothing to account for it. He would later find that two neighbors had also heard the hum and had seen a red UFO in the sky. The whole story would bring a whole lot of unwanted attention to Edwards and his family. As soon as the news hit the stands, his house was besieged with reporters and curiosity seekers, to the point that it affected his life and strained his marriage. After this, he would come down with a mysterious illness that left him with stomach pains and almost bedridden. He would eventually be diagnosed with cancer, which would ultimately take his life. This seems in some ways similar to another weird case that comes from 1973, in the U.S. state of Alabama near the small town of Falkville. On October 17, 1973, a panicked woman called into police to report that she had seen a UFO land in a field right outside of town, and an incredulous police officer named Jeff Greenhall went off to investigate, no doubt thinking that he was dealing with some nutcase. He arrived at the scene at around 10 p.m., not really expecting to find much, and at first he didn't. The field held no spaceship, nor any sign of one, but the lady who had called was frantically insisting that not only had a UFO really landed, but that there was an alien running around out there in the woods. Greenhaw thought that at the very least there might be an intruder prowling about, so he did a sweep of the area. Little did he know that this intruder would be far stranger than anything he had imagined. 
As he peered into the darkness and shone his flashlight about, he noticed someone standing off the side of the road, but when he looked in its direction he saw that this was no normal man. The figure seemed to be completely covered with some shiny substance that looked somewhat like tinfoil, with an antenna on its head, and Green Hall would even take a photo of it. He would say of the creature. It looked like his head and neck were kind of made together. He was real bright, something like rubbing mercury on nickel, but just as smooth as glass, different angles give different lighting. I don't believe it was aluminum foil. This figure seemed to move in a rather disjointed, mechanical way, giving the impression that it was almost robotic in nature, and wanting to see it in better light, Greenhaw trained his vehicle's headlights on it. This apparently set the entity into a panic, and it ran off at great speed, after which Greenhaw started up his car and pursued it right through a field. The officer went as fast as the terrain could allow, but the creature he had seen and was chasing was reportedly amazingly fast far faster than any human, and he eventually lost it when it bolted off into some trees. In the days after his encounter, Green Hall would come forward with his account, which would make him a laughing stock, the object of ridicule, and cost him his job. These truly bizarre robotic sunflowers were apparently hoisting a sinister-looking machine of some sort, which Wind instinctively sensed was a weapon of some kind, and which they also seemed to be setting up to aim towards the school's science building. It was at about this time that the witness claimed the entities communicated with her telepathically, telling her that they intended to destroy the science building because there were dangerous experiments going on in there behind closed doors. Bizarrely, they then suddenly changed their minds, and began to file back into the craft as they invited their human companion to come along. She refused, but they supposedly promised to come back for her in later years. Wind would say of what happened. They promised to come back for me in 35 years, but that was a long time ago and nothing happened that I know of. All I can remember now is that the saucer was leaden looking and very pockmarked. Then, when it started up, its molecules expanded and it turned silvery bright. The UFO then went straight up, hovered a minute, and disappeared from sight. UFO researchers in later years sought to bring out any other details to hypnosis, but went proved impossible to hypnotize. Early, the science building of the school at one point was destroyed by unspecified means, leading one to think that maybe the robo-flowers had come back to finish the job. What in the world was going on here? In all of these cases we are dealing with something removed from the typical gray aliens and anything seemingly biological at all. There has been the speculation that aliens might choose to send robots instead of actual beings, so is that is what is going on here?